0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. We're going to continue in our series this morning called Making Change. And as Josh um, so eloquently said earlier, less is more. <clears throat> in terms of my preaching, we're going to miss that guy. We're also looking for a worship pastor. <laughs> Please join us in praying for that as well. Okay, let's see. You, you were able to warm up earlier. Let's see if you remember now. Less is Stress is giving is and tomorrow tomorrow, okay. Now, without help, let's do this again. Giving is good tomorrow bad. Not bad. 99% of you said it, and one percent of you is like yeah. So that was another just like how my high school life was right there. But no, we want to be able to impress upon you all of these truths. That less is more, that stress is bad, that giving is good, and that tomorrow matters. I'm excited about this series, and, and I've had people ask, Jeremy, how can you be excited about a series about money? It's money. I come to church to encounter God, not to encounter Lincoln Financial. Why are, why are we doing this? And, and here's the message I hope you would walk away with. It's this message. It's this understanding that God loves you so much, that he cares about you so much, that he wants to be a part of every single area of your life. That there's not one area of your life that Jesus wouldn't say, hey, bring me into that. There's not one area in your life where Jesus would say, you're better off without my presence in that one area. It doesn't matter. No, every single area of my life, Jesus is inviting me to invite him to be a part of that. And when I allow Jesus to become a part of every area of my life, wouldn't you agree with me that my life then is released with freedom? It's released with with, with a power to to overcome. there's, There's true full life when Jesus is a part of it. It's true when it comes to my thought life. It's true when I invite Jesus into my job. It's true when I invite Jesus into my school, it's true when I invite Jesus into in the way I talk or the things I see, and it's true when it comes to our finances as well. Jesus cares deeply about your finances, and let me tell you why. Because oftentimes, our life and the stress that we live under is directly reflected by the choices we make in our finances, in fact, Jesus cares so much about this because Jesus has you on a race. How many of you knew that this morning? You're actually on a race today. He, listen, follow me with this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Since, therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It says this. Let's tear off every weight that holds us back. And, and, and let's, let's disentangle from sin that, that so easily entangles us. And let's run with perseverance the race that is set before us. You're in a race today. It, it, it's not a 5K. It's not a 10K. It's not a half marathon. You're in a lifelong run with Jesus. And Jesus would say to you that there are areas of your life that if when And especially when it comes to our finances, that if we're not careful, it will weigh us down. It will hold us back. You see, when I'm dealing with stress because of my finances, I find myself distracted. I find myself less likely to enter into deep worship. I find myself less likely to invite God into my quiet moments. I find myself less likely to invite God into my relationships. Why? Because I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed with what's going on around me in terms of my finances. And there's a reason that, that, that Jesus spoke so much about finances in the Bible. In fact, listen to some of these statistics. 16 out of the 38 parables that Jesus talked about had to deal with your finances. One out of 10 verses in the gospel, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one out of 10 of those verses has to deal with money or possessions. Here's one I didn't realize, that the Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 on faith, but more than 2,000 on your finances. You can't convince me that God doesn't care about being a part of my finances, And I know that because God wants you, he wants me to run a race that is unencumbered by the stress of finances. Stress is, from finances, I think is one of the biggest weights that we can carry in our life. One of the cool things that I get to do as a pastor is is I get people that'll email me or text me or give me a call and say, hey, pastor, could you pray for me about this area? Or, hey, pastor, can you you pray for me about that area? And I've gotten to pray about all kinds of areas. But can I tell you one thing that nobody has ever called me, texted me, emailed me about and and said, can you pray for this? It's this area. Nobody has ever said to me, you know, Pastor Jeremy, um, my life is just, like, awesome and tranquil and, like, really peaceful. Can you pray for stress for me? Just, could you just, I just want to claim that in Jesus' name today. Would, <laughs> can you agree with me in prayer that God would bring me stress? No one's ever done that. You know, and no one's ever, ever told me, hey, my marriage, it's stronger because of the debt that we have. Right? one has <laughs> ever said, "You know how we spice up our love life? <laughs> it's called a crude interest." Yeah. <laughs> they didn't write there's nothing about debt or or the stress of debt that enhances our lives. Stress is bad. Stress is bad. In your notes, write this in there if you would. We have been deceived to believe that debt is normal and it's the way we should process life. We have been deceived to believe that debt is normal and it's the way that we should process life. I, I, I probably could count on maybe one hand the amount of people that I know who live actually debt-free or are not in some way, shape, or form um, struggling with financial debt. And we, we've been made to believe in our society, in our culture, that, that debt, and not just debt, but overwhelming debt, is just a part of life. And we believe that that is normal. Well, I, Wouldn't you agree, though, with me this morning that as believers, there's a lot of things that culture would tell us is normal. But we're not called to live a normal cultural life. We've been called to live a countercultural life. I mean, there's all kinds of things that the culture says is normal about sexual choices. <laughs> God says, no, you're, you're, you're a pure people. You're a royal priesthood. I've set you aside. You should be different when it comes to that stuff. Or, the same is true with our finances. And they, people would say, well, it's normal to accrue debt and more debt and more debt. And that's just how it is here. Um, and, and God would say no, because there's some principles that if we follow, you'll recognize again that we will be running this race Without weight. Running this race without weight. How many runners do we have in here? Do we have any runners that like to run? Yeah, okay, we got a few. You're sick. <laughs> How many of you consider driving a sport, right? That's like some more. Okay. I'm with you. But for those that like to run, I know we got a couple in the back. It would be weird or odd if you saw them running down the street, a half marathon, like with a backpack full of bricks, right? You you would think, wow, you know, I'm going to miss that person. (laughs) (laughs) They've gone. They lost it. They wouldn't do that. You're going to try to get um, unencumbered. You're going to try to take that weight off. And money's the same way. debt's the same way. That's why it, it, it's countercultural. We should be living counterculturally, than rather than to let debt happen. So, how, how does debt happen in your life? How does that, how does that occur? I, I think that there's some things that, that I've fallen into in the trap of accruing debt, and, and, and maybe you'll you'll see some of this in your life. Um, how many know that sometimes life has unexpected circumstances? Like, all of a sudden, you, 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 didn't, you didn't anticipate something happening. It happened, and, and now you've got this debt. I, I certainly wasn't anticipating having a, a medical bill when my kidney stones came in, right? But all of a sudden, it was like a choice. I could, I could either just try to have these kidney stones on my, on my own without, you know, drugs <clears throat> And when I was having those kidney stones, let me tell you, I I wanted drugs (laughs) badly and a lot of it. And and, and so I was willing to pay for the debt that was there. But sometimes life happens, right? Unexpected debt can happen that way. Um, Here's another one that I see much more often, though. It's our inability to say no to something. We see it. We want it. The Joneses have it. Then I need to have it. Seriously, I saw a Facebook post one time from a friend of mine who was sitting in traffic and he goes, man, I see this Lamborghini in front of me. It might not have been a Lamborghini, but it was a really expensive car and this Bentley behind me is like, man, it's time to step up my game. I got to get me one. How many of you know chances are that that Lamborghini and that Bentley, it's coming with a big old lump of debt with it. Most likely that's not paid off. We have no idea how many of those individuals that, that are, we're trying to keep up with are at home at night going drowning, right? And they're dead. But we try to keep up with them and keep up our appearances. And, and, and so we find ourselves entering into debt. These are different ways that we can find ourselves in debt. Now, listen nowhere in the Bible does it say, in and of itself, that debt is a sin. It doesn't say that debt is a sin. But debt is not good for us. I'm going to show you some verses in a little bit where it says to be careful of debt and the reasons why to be careful of debt. But if it's not a sin, it still doesn't mean we want to carry it. Remember again, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off every weight that hinders and every sin that so easily entangles. I mean, we're talking about two different things there. We're talking about sin, yes, but we're also about talking about things that will slow us down, that will weigh us down. Debt's one of them. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, though, about debt. It says that the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a what? servant to the lender. How many of you would ever voluntarily go into slavery? How many of you would ever say, hey, you know what, slavery? (laughs) Kind of sounds cool. Sign me up, I want to be a slave. Nobody would do that, right? And yet every single time I pull out that MasterCard in a way that I can't pay for something, I am enslaving myself to debt. I can tell you what, I've been called to be a servant to one person and one person only, and that's God. That's who I'm a servant of. But MasterCard will try to get me to be his servant too, right? But I've been called to be one, uh, a servant of one. So how do we begin this process of digging out of debt? Chances are, chances are, just statistically speaking, I'm talking to some people in here who have some amount of debt, Um, The average household in America has over $16,000 in credit card bills. So so, some of us in here may be there. Some of us might be a little bit lower than that. But all of us are probably carrying some form of debt this morning. So how do we get our way out of that? How do we honor God in getting our way out of that? Write this down for number one. First thing we have to do is we have to practice self-control. we got to practice self-control. That's not very popular, is it? Self-control. There's a lot of areas in our life that we have to practice self-control. Money's one of them, but, but it's not always easy. I, I saw this statistic out there. Um, the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety says that nearly 80% Nearly 80% of all drivers in the last year have uh, demonstrated some type of irritation, anger, or road rage. Of that 80%, here's how it broke down. 51% admitted to purposefully tailgating somebody. 47% admitted to yelling at another driver. 45% admitted honking to show annoyance or anger. 33% (laughs) making an angry gesture. (laughs) I'm sure they meant that. 24% admitted to trying to block another vehicle from changing lanes. I did that twice yesterday, by the way. (laughs) Twice. That's a long way from here to Raleigh. Twice. So they they said that 80% of people have done at least one of those in the last year. And I say that that is a lie from the pit of hell. 100% of all of you guys have done something like that in the last year. Raise your hand if you have done. Look at the person next to you who did not raise their hand and say, you are lying and need to be delivered. (laughs) You are lying and need to be delivered from that spirit of lying. Life. My point is this: is that life gives us plenty of opportunities, right, to exercise some kind of self-control. We need to have self-control in every area of our life. Listen, the same is true when it comes to our finances. The same is true. I have to have self control when I am dealing with my finances. Proverbs chapter twenty five, verse twenty eight, says, "Like a city whose walls are broken down, is a person who lacks self control." Oh, that's so good. I'm going to read it again. Like a city whose walls are broken down, is a person who lacks self control. A city was was protected by its walls. They're saying that someone doesn't have self-control, it's like knocking down that wall that's been there for your protection. Craig Rochelle is a fantastic communicator, fantastic speaker. In fact, he, he, he did this series called Making Change. And, and, and what he said was, was, I thought, really funny. Um, I hope I don't get in trouble because I thought it was funny. The, the, so uh, 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 the city, like it's, you're knocking down your walls, right? He says that that's, when it comes to debt, ladies like to chip away at the wall. They'll just chip away, like small little chunks here and there. Like you'll go to the store, and you'll see a necklace. Like, ooh, I got to buy that. It's not that bad. It's not that expensive. I'm just going to buy this one necklace. And then so you buy the necklace. And then you start to walk out, and you go, you know what would be awesome with this necklace is this bracelet right here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to get this one bracelet. I'm going to go, and and it's not that bad. And And then as you walk out of the department, you go, you know what? Shoes would match this. Right? Look at those shoes. And so, you, and so you're kind of like chipping away. The difference between ladies and guys is this. Guys, we just blow up the entire wall all at one time. <laughs> We buy the boat. We buy the truck. We come home with the sedans attached to the boat and the truck and ready to go. And, and you don't even like water, but you got this, right? That's how we are. But it tells us that listen, we, we got to be careful. We're not breaking down our walls. We're not being silly with accruing debt. We need to exercise self-control. How many of you ever seen that two-year-old in the grocery store at Harris Teeter or Lion King? And, and, and did I say Lion King? <laughs> So, less is more. And, but you've seen that two-year-old, right? And they're throwing a hissy fit in, 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 next to the, the, you know, the, the candy. Mommy, I want one. I got to have one. I got to have one. And, and, and you're like volunteering to spank the kid for the mom, right? I can tell you something. I'm that kid sometimes. I'm that kid. It may, it may not be about candy, Or it might be, but it, but it's about something and I want something and I want it now. So so God is saying, Jeremy, if you're going to run this race with freedom, if you're going to run this race that I put before you with freedom, you're going to have to learn to be self-controlled. If I learned that lesson from Jesus, don't you think that that would impact not just my finances, but other areas of my life? Hey, what if I could find myself exercising self-control in my finances and then finding myself exercising self-control in other areas of my life? <laughs> what if Jesus kind of intended that from the beginning? That every area of our life would impact the other areas of our life and we would run with freedom the race that he has set before us. Number two, do this. Write this down. Gain financial understanding. Gain financial understanding. We need to be lifelong Learners. Lifelong learners, that's even in the area of our finances. I'm one of those guys that's kind of fascinated by generational differences um, in the study of different generations. Let me, let me kind of give you some generational breakdown so that you can know what generation, if you don't already, what generation you're part of. So uh, baby boomers, baby boomer generation, they're the ones born between 1946 and 1964. Gen X, my generation was born 1965 to 1976, between between them. Millennials. Millennials were born between 1977 and 1995, and then we have the newest one, Gen Z. Gen Z is born after 1996, okay? So uh, how many of you do we have in here that are baby boomers? Cool. How many of you are Gen X? Just, just go ahead and say, "Yeah, we rock." Just, just let's just acknowledge that right now, okay? Um, How how many of you guys are millennials? Raise your hand. Right on. And and uh, we don't care about Gen Z. Um, (laughs) We're gonna give them a pass. They don't have jobs, but we will make fun of them someday. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. So out of all those generations, which generation do you think is doing the best when it comes to saving and not having debt? How many of you would say baby boomers? Yeah, okay. How many would say millennials? (laughs) How many of you would say Gen X? Okay. What did I miss? Because not everybody's hands went up. Um, So if you're a millennial, stand up. Good job. You guys are doing the best. Yeah, you didn't want to. See, that's what millennials do. That's what millennials do. If it's good, it's us. If it's bad, I'm Gen X. <laughs> so here, here's, the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Millennials are doing the best when it comes to uh, saving and, and to debt retirement, to saving. And it's not just because they're living with their parents. It's not, that's not Why? <laughs> I'm so kidding. So, so kidding. All complaints, my email address is lisa at gracecovenant.org. So, listen, I would say this us old dogs need to learn new tricks. Huh? Us old dogs probably should learn some new tricks. The, the, the saving that they're doing is absolutely incredible. I, I mean, we've all made mistakes in our life, right? When, when it comes to finances. I remember my first mistake. I, I, was, I was 20 years old. There's an $8,000 Cadillac. I bought it with my Visa. And I was sober. I mean, just dumb stuff. I've read this statistic, and how many of you, check this out. You can buy a $48,000 truck, okay, on a 72-month lease. You know how much that $42,000 truck's going to cost you? $81,000 at the end of that lease. You know how much you're going to be able to sell it for? Between ten dollars and $12,000. Listen, we, we, we need to learn new tricks. We need to become financially aware. Okay, let's, let's, let's roll along, getting close here at that time. Number three, make a plan make a plan. Make a plan. You're not going to get out of it overnight. That's okay. But you can start today. Make a plan to tackle your debt today. Proverbs 21.5 says this, that the plans of the diligent leads to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Oh, that's so good. Listen, we have to make a plan in getting our way out of it. That's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this Financial Peace University that we're going to be offering starting next week. This is the cool thing. I think that the class cost about $85, something along that. $85 so that you can come up with a plan and get yourself out of debt. This is how much we believe in it, though. You attend all 10 of the classes, we will refund you that money so that won't cost you a dime. Because I believe this. I believe that if the kingdom of God is left unshackled from anything that weighs them down, we can make a bigger difference than we are today. I believe that if we can run with freedom, whether it be in our finances, whether it be in, our, in, in those things of addiction, whether it be in any area of our life that would try to weigh us down, if we were free to run our race with freedom and nothing weighing us down, how many believe that we would be able to turn this city upside down? Because God will move where there's freedom. God desires to move where there's freedom. God wants to move in power in your life. And anything that's holding me back, anything that's weighing me down, is causing me not to open myself up to the fullness of the Holy Spirit moving in my life. Anything. I I, I don't find myself pressing in when I'm weighed down by my finances. I don't find myself pressing in when I'm no weighed down with discouragement or stress or anger or whatever it may or regret. I find myself pressing in when I'm walking in the freedom that God has called me to walk in. Listen, the, 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 this whole series, yes, we're talking about money, but it's not about money. It's not about it. It's about the freedom that God has called you to walk in in your life. He's called you to walk in freedom. How many of you would admit, though, this morning, you want more? In life, I mean, you you want more. I do. Is more bad? It depends on what what your more is. And it depends on what you're doing to get your more. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 25. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done well with the little, and now I'm going to give you the more. Jesus himself is saying, more is okay. Okay. Listen, that doesn't mean that the more is going to be a bigger house. (laughs) It doesn't mean that the more might be a, a newer car. But what if the more was this? What if I did well with the little in my finances, and the more meant I was able to enter into worship in a deeper, profound way because I wasn't carrying the debt? What, what, if, what if the more that Jesus wants to give me is a release and a new dynamic of ministry because I'm not shackled by the burden of my finances? What if the more is I could give ridiculously, generously like I never did before because I'm not hold back or held back with the financial decisions I've made? And the more is freedom to do those things that God has called me to do. How many of you would want that more? I want that more. I want that kind of more in my life. Have you ever given to somebody and regretted it? Okay, some of you. And I don't tell this story to pat my back because really, I deserve a a kick in the tail more than a pat on the back oftentimes. But I'll always remember this. I'm going to leave you with this. My my wife and I, we were leaving from um, Vegas. We were senior pastors and we went back to Hawaii. We had a youth pastor who had a building family. And um, we were looking to sell everything that we could. Um, one of those things being our car. it's really hard to drive a car to Hawaii, so we figured we'd sell it. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit put on our heart, and said, no, don't you sell that. You're to give it to this kid. Can I tell you something? It filled me more than I think it filled him when he received it the ability to give, because I've, I've, I've received like that all over the course of my life, time and time again. Man, I wish I could do that kind of thing over and over and over and over and over. That's the kind of life that God wants for us. And we're gonna get to that where we're gonna talk about giving is good. We're gonna talk more about that in the coming weeks. But listen, I want that now for me. It's gonna require me to make good decisions in my finances. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We honor you with all areas of our life. Father, be that our worship, we honor you. Our thoughts, we honor you. Our character, we wanna honor you. And Lord, we wanna honor you in our finances as well. Because your word declares this, that the earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. All of it is yours, God. That means that every cent in my bank account, every dime that I make, it's yours, God. And so Father, help me. Help me to honor you with it so that this, so that we can do this, so that, Lord, I can run the race that you have set before me, unencumbered by the weight of financial debt and burden. And, Lord, that I might be able to draw close to you in always and in all areas of my life. And if you agree with that, would you say amen this morning? Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.